Good morning. I'm Bryce Feitner, pastor of Green Street United Methodist Church, and thanks for joining our podcast today, Sunday, May 3rd. I have a number of special guests during the service today that will provide special music, Stacy Stewart, Sheila Heiss, and my wife, Eileen. And we're going to celebrate communion later in the service. So if you have some bread and some juice, you might want to get it and be prepared for that time here in just a few minutes. I praise God that I'm off quarantine now. This is the first day that I have not had to wear a mask in my own house, and so I praise God for that. And I praise God for all of you and for your prayers and for all the good things you're doing to keep the church alive and to keep the church growing and reaching out in Christ's name in this community. I'll start out with our call to worship today based on Psalm 149. It goes like this. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Sing a new song to the Lord. Sing his praises in the assembly of godly people. Let God's people find joy in their creator. Let the people rejoice over their king. Let them praise his name with dancing. Let them make music to him with tambourines and lyres, because the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He crowns those who are oppressed with victory. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Do you feel oppressed, perhaps because of the coronavirus lockdown going on right now? Well, sing hallelujah. Sing praises, even in the face of your oppression, and it will make you feel better. I guarantee it. Amen. Our primary scripture reading today is... Jesus' Bread of Life Discourse in John chapter 6, beginning with verse 35. Before I get to that reading itself, I want to share a little of the background. So at the beginning of chapter 6, Jesus feeds the 5,000. You may recall that story where he went across the lake, across the lake from Capernaum and those places where the fishermen fished a lot near Tapka, and just to get away from the crowds, but they followed him. And in fact, he fed them miraculously. And then when the disciples were out on the lake shortly thereafter, Jesus calmed the storm and he walked on the water. And so those big events, if you will, precede our scripture reading for today. I wanna show you what that area was like where Jesus did this bread of life sermon. So this is a photograph of the Tapka area. Seven Springs is what Tapka means. It's on the northwest shore of Galilee. I showed you this area a couple of weeks ago when we talked about Jesus as a fisherman and as fishers of men. This is where he called his disciples. This is where he appeared to his disciples while they were fishing after the resurrection. And right next door to Tapka is the village of Capernaum. And so while it's only a stone's throw away, a short walk, it's quite different than Tapka in terms of culture. 
So Tapka is on the seashore, it's rural, and Capernaum is a village with streets and buildings and a very famous synagogue. In fact, in this synagogue in Capernaum um, is where Jesus spent a lot of time teaching um, the very beginning of, of Mark. Mark chapter 1, when, when Jesus starts his public ministry, it says that Jesus went there to teach. And Jesus may in fact have settled in Capernaum and owned a house there. He healed in this synagogue. And again, he gave his very famous bread of life sermon in this synagogue at Capernaum. These, shows, these photos show pictures of the Capernaum synagogue. Now much of that village is destroyed now, but archeologists have excavated a lot of the important sites, including the synagogue. You'll notice the picture on the left, which has many layers of big foundational rocks, and you can see it was built at different times. It's actually, the ancients called this the, the synagogue of Jesus. But the synagogue was built and rebuilt by many different folks over many years. But the picture to the right showing the columns and the floor area, that in fact is original. It dates back to the time of Christ. This next photo is the floor itself where Jesus may have been standing. Right there where our daughter Amanda is standing is original floor from the time of Jesus. And so she's standing right where Jesus stood when he delivered the Bread of Life discourse. Now it would have been more crowded because you may recall that when he fed the 5,000, that event in itself started throngs of people following him and chasing him around. And so this would have been crowded, but this is the place right here. And now for the scripture reading itself, again, beginning with verse 35 in John chapter 6. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But I said to you that you, have see, you who have seen me, and yet you do not believe. Everything that the Father gives me will come to me. And anyone who comes to me, I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing at all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. This is indeed the will of my Father, that all who see the Son and believe in him may have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. Then the Jews began to complain about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They were saying, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, do not complain among yourselves. No one can come to me unless drawn by the Father who sent me, and I will raise that person up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. 
Not that anyone has seen the Father except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, and yet they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give for this life of the world is my flesh. May God add his blessing to the reading of his holy word. I am the bread of life. I like bread. How about you? I like almost any kind of bread. There's so many kinds. There's religious and cultural and ethnic types of bread from all over the world. In fact, if you go to the grocery store normally, you will see hundreds of kinds of bread on the shelves in the store. We take it for granted because it's cheap. In fact, normally when we can't afford more expensive food like meat, well, we can still afford bread. It is the staff of life. It is life itself if you need it. Now, during this coronavirus event, bread has sometimes been hard to find, and we haven't taken it for granted. We have been saying grace with meaning. We are thankful for it. And some of us have gone for many days, which isn't much in terms of real sacrifice, but considering how much we have taken bread for granted normally, it seems like a sacrifice. We've gone without. And some of us have even started making bread. There's nothing like homemade bread. So in normal times, we take bread for granted. Sometimes we take the bread of life for granted too. Jesus himself. We take him for granted whenever we don't take his statements seriously. I am the bread of life and what that means and what it costs, Jesus. Sometimes we take the bread of life for granted too. The scene of this passage, the synagogue in Capernaum, I showed you those photos. The place was packed though, and there's a massive crowd following Jesus. They're even on the outside listening in. There's no glass in the windows at this time, you know, so even those hanging around the outside could have heard Jesus rather well. And the Jewish leaders are all decked out in their finest and most ostentatious garb to flaunt their spiritual pedigrees and their plumage. But I want you to think about how their faces looked. Their faces were red with anger. The veins in their neck were bulging. The hearts are hardened and the fists are clenched. And yet, in spite of it, the Son of God is unflappable, perfectly composed, in full command. I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. That's his claim in verses 35 and again in verse 48. This is the first, by the way, of seven I am statements in the Gospel of John. You can organize the Gospel of John around those seven I am statements. But our Lord takes that Yahweh, that holy name for God, that tetragrammaton, that Jesus, or rather God, gave to Moses at the burning bush to identify himself to 
give him his name. I am that I am. I am very being. That was God's name. And Jesus takes that I am, I am and applies it to himself and adds a metaphor. I am the bread of life. Elsewhere in the gospel, he says, I am the light of the world. I am the gate for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the vine. And all of those I am's are efforts on the part of our Lord to make clear that he is the one and only God incarnate in the flesh, that he is one in the same with God. And Jesus is the same as God in the present, in the past, in the pre-existent form. Verse 38 says, For I have come down from heaven. No one can come down from heaven unless drawn by the Father who sent me, and I will raise that person up on the last day. That's verse 44. I will raise that person up on the last day. The resurrection. You see, the Pharisees already believed and taught that there would be a resurrection on the last day. That wasn't a new thing. They taught that God would raise people up on the last day. But John wants to make it clear that God has shared that authority, or Jesus in his pre-existent God-like person has that same authority. Jesus has the authority to do the one, to be the one resurrecting at that time. And so he says, I will raise that person up. And here's what Jesus added to their understanding of the resurrection. Verse 47, very truly I tell you, whoever believes, whoever believes in me has eternal life. I am the bread of life. You can see why Jewish leaders were so angry, can't you? Just two chapters later in the gospel, they're ready to stone him for that obvious blasphemy. They were so right in their understanding of Jesus' claims. Jesus was claiming to be God. In fact, they're more right, those Jewish leaders who were angry with Jesus are more right than most people are today. They were wrong in not believing him, but they were right in understanding exactly what Jesus was claiming. What does that mean to me personally? What does that mean to you personally? It's a popular notion that Jesus never claimed to be God, that we made him into a God, if you will. It's a very popular notion. I've heard it throughout my life. I've heard it in my high school years, I've heard it in my college years, and I've heard it all through my adult years. In fact, if you were to interview someone on the street today, that would probably be the most common response as to who is Jesus? Is Jesus God? They'd probably say, no, he's, he's a good person, he's a prophet, great teacher, all those things, but no, not, not God. Well, this passage is one of many passages that make it absolutely clear that Jesus was claiming to be God. So don't buy into that false notion that Jesus never claimed to be God. C.S. Lewis states it best 
He said something like, you can call Jesus Lord, or you can call him a liar, or you can call him a lunatic. But you can't call him just a good man. Jesus never gave us that option. And because Jesus is who he is, God, because of that, it means he has the authority to consecrate communion, to be present with us in a mighty way. He destroyed our death and he restores our life. And we remember that every time we celebrate communion together. Amen. As we prepare for God's great gift of grace, this is a little different today, I realize, because we're not in the same room. But God is everywhere. I believe that. I know you do too. And so as we earnestly confess our sins and consecrate our communion together, God will, in fact, make it holy and make it be his real presence. I have a confession which someone sent me. It's a from a Native American prayer, and I like it a lot. And it goes like this. And you can respond when I indicate when to do so with forgive us. It goes like this. Created with your sacred image burning within us, we confess that we struggle to live out our great potential. When we do harm to your creation, your creatures and fellow human beings. And the people said, forgive us. When we fail to do all the good we can in all the places we can in all the ways we can, and the people said, forgive us. When we turn away from your love and from your grace, and the people said, forgive us. Hear now the good news of Jesus Christ. You are forgiven. I am forgiven. We are forgiven. Peace be with you, knowing that you are walking and praying with Jesus, just as he taught us in the Lord's Prayer. Join me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. If you want to hold your bread and hold your juice, as we pray for it together. Holy God, we ask that you would send your spirit into this bread and into this juice. Make it indeed be the bread of life for us as only you can do. Make it indeed be the cup of salvation. Make the bread of life be for us such that we will never hunger the cup of salvation be such that we will never thirst. We ask all this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. The words of institution are from 
the Gospel of John, chapter 6, as we read them earlier. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. If you'd like to be served now, this is the bread of life. Amen. This is the cup of salvation. Amen. Let us pray. We praise you that we have been cleansed, we have been forgiven, we have been filled with your very presence through this communion. We trust that you are the bread of life. Help us to never take you for granted anymore, Jesus. Help us to take you at full face value for every word you said, I am, I am God incarnate. Therefore, I have the authority to be with you through communion and to be with you forevermore. Help us to live as your disciples. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for worship today. Uh, we do this every week, and um, we'd love to have you join us on a regular basis. Again, I'm Pastor Bryce Feitner with Green Street United Methodist Church, 209 West Green Street in Hastings, Michigan. And if you'd like to contact me that way, you may do so. Thank you. I'll be praying for you. Please pray for me, and I hope to see you next week. Go in peace. Amen. Amen.